the Eason Book Club on the Pat Kenny Show. Sharing book recommendations with book lovers every month. So for this month's Eason Book Club, we chose The Inheritance of Solomon Farthing by Mary Paulson Ellis. And uh, our panel today consists of our regular Claudia Carroll. But Shane Byrne is in for Caroline Foran this week. You're very welcome, Shane. Thank you, Pat. You're looking forward to Saturday, this vote in the Commons. Uh, uh, Yeah, (laughs) I think we're going to have more excitement Saturday morning. No doubt about that. I think so. Now, let's talk uh, about the book. Um, Verdicts, first of all, and then we'll parse it. Claudia. Um, well, I liked The Inheritance of Solomon Farthing. Didn't love it. Um, I thought it was the most amazing premise for a book. Just to give you a tiny bit of background, Solomon Farthing in the present day is an air hunter. And I thought right there, that's the most brilliant idea. And what an air hunter does is if someone dies and they don't have an immediate, ne- obvious next of kin... His job is to find distant relatives who maybe you hadn't been in touch with for years or ever um, so that they can inherit in return for a pretty hefty commission of whatever yeah. the deceased has left. So Solomon Farthing, he's kind of down on his luck. Um, he's known to the police, which is never good news, and he owes money to a fence. In, it's set in Edinburgh, which is beautifully evoked. So, you know, he's kind of a dodgy character, but um, the story kicks off when an elderly gentleman called Thomas Methven uh, dies without an heir in a nursing home. And the sum of £50,000 is found sewn into a suit belonging to him. Stitched into a suit, which is made... into a suit, as you do. So that's a a lot of money that should be dispersed to somebody. Exactly, to the rightful heir. So Solomon Farthing is, is called in and he owes so much money and his commission on this will get him straight again. And he finds a pawn ticket. That's all, just a pawn ticket. And the first kind of connection to the past is that Solomon Farthing's grandfather, Godfrey Farthing, who was an officer in the First World War, uh, survived the First World War and opened a pawn shop. So okay, right so, there, so we, we have an interesting set of link. connections and we have a very interesting tale. Shane, yeah, were you convinced? Well... I just think that part of it, as you go through the book every, you know, 100 pages or so, there is a, a little diagram showing you the, the family tree that Solomon is putting together of the deceased man and where his family as he goes on the research. he's looking for the air. Exactly. And to be honest with you, you really, really need it. In fact, you <laughs> should have a pen with you and fill in the little gaps as well yourself because... They, to, to gather up this story, she throws the net, the author throws the net really, really wide. And to pull those strings all the way back in by the end, it takes a, a lot of doing. And her manner of writing, the way she writes, is very descriptive. And, you know, the very little dialogue with huge description. You could have so pages and pages. Of, of description. Which Absolutely. And very little tedious. dialogue, which doesn't move the story along. But the problem is, is that you do get pulled in. You want to see how this all comes together. So it's definitely a read that you want to finish. There's yeah, rather than who does it, who gets it, is the is the the challenge. Um, one of the things in the book is a a coincidence. A lot uh, of coincidence. Now, I don't yeah. like coincidence <laughs> when I'm when reading a book. How did you find that? That well, there this is. unlikely coincidence yeah, that so r- unfolds the it thing. It ties back, it keeps flashing back to, to 1918 and World War One, and a, a group of soldiers, they're based in a farm and they're waiting on their orders to head across the water and uh, to hold that land. And they basically, every single person in it is tied in 
to Solomon Farding and this dead man's and the relationships with them in the most unbelievable ways. There is some things in the book that you would go, I hear, you know, that's a little <laughs> bit. How did you pull those things together? Like when Solomon Farding, you know, went to research uh, that he ended up down the school down by the borders and it appears that he was in it when he was young, at seven years old. And yeah. like you would remember if you were there when you were seven years Seven years old, you're going to remember things. Sure. And he, it was it was treated like he, he barely oh recollected goodness. it at all. Yeah. Having said that, though, I found the World War One pieces particularly yeah. were beautifully were evoked. Fantastic, it's, yeah. it's written in 1917, so the war is kind of grinding to an end. And you've got very, very a group of 11 men who've been billeted to a farmhouse in France and all they want Waiting to do orders, is yeah. survive and I thought it captured the boredom and just the fear and how young they were like some of them were only 16 at that stage 1917 they were taking boys yeah. out and of central, school central to it was, is how important that bartering and playing cards and gambling out of the boredom yeah. Yeah. that they gambled for the most minute little things that they had little trinkets and, and yeah. buttons and things like that and that became pretty stressful because of the way that they were just doing the same thing over and over again. So uh, did you find it difficult to finish? Um, yes, but it did. You have to, in compliment to it, I wanted to get to the end. I wanted to see how it, this huge net all pulled together. There's a few things as they pulled it together, you would definitely be raising the eyebrow about and going, ah, yeah, OK, that was a bit convenient. But yeah, it's interesting. But it is heavy going, though. Claudia? Beautifully written. Um, there were some lovely lines. Um, she talks, the author talks about researching family trees. And anyone who's done research on their family tree might, might appreciate this line. She says there's the thrill of recognition, that moment when the dead waited for the living to wake them, to bring them home. I thought, isn't that lovely? Mm. But I think ultimately liked it, didn't love it. I'd give it a sort of three out of five. Shame. I'd agree. Oh, I'd right. agree. Absolutely. Okay, well, Claudia, you will choose next uh, month's one. I won't read them out in detail, but I'll give the titles. The Personals by Brian O'Connell. The Day That Changed My Life by Kathleen McBride or Caitlin McBride. Talking to Strangers, What We Should Know About the People We Don't Know by Malcolm Gladwell. And Catch and Kill, Lies, Spies and a Conspiracy to Protect Predators. That's about the Weinstein affair. Uh, Ronan Farrow. So you can, I'll read detailed <gasps> descriptions for our listeners. Okay. But you make great. a decision over the weekend <laughs> okay. and we let our listeners know. Shane, I can't let you go without your prediction for Saturday? Uh, by form and everything, we've absolutely no chance. But isn't that the way the Irish psyche like it? When we've absolutely no chance going into a game. You think we've no chance? Even though no, we've the form them? says. The, uh, yeah. the form that we've shown in 2019 so far, we there's no reason for us to believe that we should beat New Zealand. But there is a big game in this team and everything is lined up for it to happen. He's yeah, there are two things though. Murray hasn't been really on form until the last game really. Correct. He's been a bit off. Correct. Sexton has come good yeah. again. I mean, struggling so with important. injury and so on. So you've got that engine yeah. there. And he's gone back to the team, the select the team selected today. He's gone back to his tried and trusted and he's really putting the responsibility on the players that they know that they have done this before. If they stick to their guns, they can put New Zealand under huge pressure and even get the result against them. And it's up to them for the opportunity to make history. The if opportunity you're, if to you're make a gambling history. man, Shane, what would you, you do? You wouldn't put the house I'd on it. I'd put an outside bet, not at all. You'd, <laughs> okay. you'd, 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 you wouldn't put the house on it because there's nothing to say that they would do it. But that's, we, that's when we do do it. So let's see it happen.
Okay, and uh, I mean, looking to form, uh, we lose to Japan, yeah. and then we do what's expected of us in the yeah. rest of. And, and of the, the great group. thing about that Samoan game was that that for the players within the camp, that's kind of wiped the slate clean. They played well, so they don't have to ponder on the things that happened before them in the group. So they're going into this game, as far as they're concerned, for the first time in the World Cup with no luggage on the shoulders. They now they've achieved their goal. They got to the quarterfinals. They have a massive game ahead of them. Someone who they've beaten more they've, than they've lost in the last 18 months. So they know they can do and it. And the last question, I saw Jamie Heaslip uh, saying, you know, that the players go out to win the World Cup. They don't, yeah. just, you know, it's not just to get to a semi-final for the first time. They actually believe in their bones. Absolutely. They have to believe. Absolutely. And considering, look, we all would love that the World Cup was in 2018, not 2019. But these guys, it's the same within reason, it's the same squad of players. And they believe that they can achieve whatever goal they set out to do. And there's no doubt about it. If this game goes well on Saturday, their intention is to get their hands on that cup. All right. Well, I love ambition. I love ambition. Okay, Shane, thank you very much. And Claudia, thank you very much. Uh, And uh, particularly Shane for stepping in and reading a book that probably didn't give him as much pleasure as he had hoped. (laughs) All right.